There has been a flurry of news stories about two major Vegas casinos getting hacked this week. It's been a lot. Let's break down what we need to know. I'm Matt Johansson. Welcome to Vulnerable You. I'm going to give you everything you need to know this week in about 10 minutes. I can't imagine earning $8.4 million in my lifetime, never mind losing it every day. Wait, hold on. I'm imagining it. Okay, maybe I can imagine it. But that's how much MGM is losing every day that they're closed. This hack started with a vishing campaign with a V. That's voice phishing, if you're unfamiliar. Some attackers posed as IT staff called employees and got them to reset their passwords. This group has also been very successful with SMS phishing campaigns, and we've talked about them before. MGM tried to counteract a lot of this by shutting down a bunch of systems. But new information from Alf V, the threat actor, states that no ransom was deployed before MGM started shutting down all their systems. Basically, they shut the doors, the hackers were already inside. The attackers had super admin privileges to MGM's Okta account and global admin privileges to their Azure tenant. Both Okta and Microsoft have been plagued by phishing campaigns for months. MGM's network has been infiltrated for days. At the time of the recording this, they are just coming back online, which is about 10 or 11 days after the initial breach was reported. Though, even just today, they're posting jobs for about $100 an hour to have low-end help come endlessly work to rebuild their network from the ground up. After some failed communication attempts, the attackers launched some ransomware against over 100 ESXi hypervisors in the MGM environment. MGM understandably made some hasty decisions in the heat of incident response. For example, they shut down their Okta sync servers, which resulted in them being locked out while Alf V still had access. The attackers provided a link for MGM to download the exfiltrated data and to prove that they knew what they were doing, the password that they gave them to download their own data was a mix of two of the executives' passwords. Alf V has dropped an update and they've hinted that some PII was stolen in this attack and they've threatened to leak this to have I been pwned if their demands are not met. There was lots of rumors and videos about the slot machines being tampered with. I saw videos of lights flickering and slot machines going down, but the hackers denied tampering with the slots. I'm guessing that that was just splash damage from some backend servers going down. MGM, that's only the first casino. Caesars also got hit this week in what seems like a very similar attack. Criminals got into Caesars systems and last week demanded a $30 million ransom. We have way less information about the Caesars attack but reports are tying that attack to the MGM one back to the same threat actor, which is Scattered Spider or Octopus as they're known. The main difference between these two attacks, Caesars paid the ransom. Well, half of it anyway. The Wall Street Journal reports they paid $15 million of the requested $30 million in ransom. In an industry that can count how many millions of dollars they lose when they're closed, I understand the payment, but it's really frustrating. You hate to see ransomware crews get the payout because that just encourages future attacks like this. The industry also needs to come up with new phishing defenses or we need to really up the adoption of current defenses out there like YubiKey or PassKeys. Speaking of PassKeys, our next brief story, GitHub just launched PassKeys to GA to all of their users. I think this is a major weapon in the future against phishing attacks. Kudos to GitHub for leading the charge. 
I've got a link in the description and in my newsletter to the exact spot in your account settings that you can set up a passkey in your GitHub account. In the last episode, we talked about a fake Signal app making it into the App Store. Well, this week, it's MetaMask. This ties two of my favorite topics, fake apps and crypto scams. This week, the scam strikes Mark Cuban, Shark Tank's billionaire and owner of the Dallas Mavericks. It's reported that Cuban lost approximately $870,000 in crypto from this attack. It was first noticed by blockchain sleuths who first noticed the suspicious transactions and reported them. Cuban mentioned in the report that he had just accessed MetaMask for the first time in months, and he suspects he downloaded a fake app. These kinds of unregulated financial market accounts and exchanges are high targets for threat actors. Fortunately, Cuban was able to move the rest of his crypto before the scam went any further. Guess some old bugs are new again. Inadvertent cloud storage buckets have plagued AWS S3 for years. Now it's Microsoft Azure's turn to climb that learning curve of pain. Microsoft's AI research team has inadvertently exposed 38 terabytes of data on the internet. They were publishing some open source training data on GitHub and inadvertently leaked a whole lot more. And some researchers over at Wiz captured this and reported it to Microsoft, who fixed the issue. But not before the data was leaked. This exposed data included the backups of two employee workstations. It also included secrets, private keys, passwords, and over 30,000 Microsoft Teams messages. We'll come back to that one in a sec. The root cause of this issue was a misconfigured feature in Azure called SAS tokens. This, if used properly, is intended to share specific files between users, but it ended up sharing an entire storage account. Not only did it share all this information, but it also gave full privileges, not just read-only ones. This means in addition to reading the data, any attackers could have written to the storage, deleted it, moved it, anything like that. Misconfigurations in the cloud like this are super common and there's tons of tools being built out there to stop them. But you need certain procedures in place to catch these things before they go out the door. On this story, what I really wanna know is, why do employees' workstations have all that data on it? Also, are the AI teams training LLMs on Microsoft Teams messages? Some of these questions still to be answered. I'm wondering if I'll ever make a video that doesn't include phishing or in that case, also Microsoft. And this story has both of them. Following up on the last story with the Microsoft leak, Microsoft also this week acknowledged the giant phishing problem that plagues Microsoft Teams. If you're not familiar, Microsoft Teams is their Slack competitor video and chat conferencing app. There's a notable threat group, Storm0324, Really easy to remember, right? They have been sending very convincing looking phishing messages via Microsoft Teams. They even leverage a tool called Teams Fisher to do this. Super creative name, tells you exactly what it does. A recent article wrote, Storm0324 is among a growing number of threat groups to show an interest in targeting Teams users as organizations harden their security measures related to email and other traditional attack vectors. To go even further in this story, this group is known for distributing a malware called JSS Loader. This malware is often associated with the notorious ransomware gang, Fin7. All right, threat actor and malware naming bingo complete. Absolute mouthful in this story. Microsoft is now vowing to do something about all this Teams phishing. The article reports new but unspecified defense measures against these types of attacks. 
Who the hell knows what this actually means, but I'm glad they're taking some responsibility and hopefully they make it a little harder for attackers. $1 billion, staggering amount of money. It's almost hard to put in perspective. I mean, it's one whole Instagram, but now Cisco has decided to drop $28 billion acquiring Splunk this week. The jokes write themselves on this one. I've seen them all already. My personal favorite is that it was actually cheaper to acquire them for 28 billion than renew their license for another year. But hidden in that joke is the reason why this one's kind of a head scratcher. Splunk is notoriously expensive and very cash flow heavy. If this acquisition didn't happen a decade ago, I'm kind of confused why it's happening today. The press release says that Cisco's acquiring Splunk to help make organizations more secure and resilient in an AI-powered world. I think that last part holds a clue to the real reason. Splunk is a data trove heaven. It's literally a data warehouse. Maybe Cisco is trying to shortcut their way into the AI game and buying a big source of data. Other than that, maybe there's some financial inside baseball that we're not aware of here. There's a lot of new Sims hitting the market that might be outflanking Splunk and they might've looked for an exit. Either way, Cisco doesn't have the best reputation of acquiring companies and letting them thrive, but we've seen some recent examples go okay like Duo, so I'm interested to see what happens here. Wrapping up this week with an interesting one from T-Mobile. They seem to have more breaches than any of the other telecoms put together. This week, they've got two stories. One, it seems a glitch was present on their web app where if you logged in to view your account, you got other people's information instead of yours. That might not be a hack, but it's the same end result. PII about one person inadvertently ending up in the wrong person's hands. Customers have reported logging into their account and seeing other customers' sensitive information. This includes their phone numbers, device IDs, purchase history, and even credit card numbers and home addresses. In an attempt to get around the public panic, T-Mobile spokesperson is saying, this is just a glitch, not a cybersecurity attack. And they said, quote, there was no breach at T-Mobile. This is a temporary system glitch related to a planned overnight technology update involving limited accounts and information for fewer than 100 customers, which was quickly resolved. I think we've seen more than 100 customers reporting this on Twitter. But in the same day, in unconfirmed news, the VX Underground Twitter account is talking about an actual T-Mobile data breach. From the time I wrote about this story last night to the time that I'm recording this, VX Underground even has more information that the breach is actually about a local T-Mobile branch. And the breach in question is leaking past and current employee information, not T-Mobile customer information. So far, T-Mobile hasn't commented on this actual breach. But if it's accurate, this would be the second or third one this year that they've had to report to the SEC about data leakage. Wrapping up, not so much of a news story, but I wanted to share DEFCON 31 videos are all online now for free. This is why I prioritize hallway con instead of standing in lines for those talks in Vegas. I get to meet and hang out with all the people I want to see, and I get to watch all the videos from the comfort of my own home. Thanks, DEFCON, for getting these live. It includes all the main stage talks and all the village talks. I want to hear, what was your favorite? I always like watching one that I know nothing about. Link me some of the ones that you watched in the comments below. I want to watch them too. That's all we got this week. Thanks again for watching another edition of Vulnerable You. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, all that good algorithm fun to help us out. Check out the links in the description below of how you can reach out to me, talk to me on Twitter, follow my newsletter or blog. Thanks again, see you next week.